This is part two of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. When looking at your orchard, mm. it looked yucky to me. It's a sad little orchard. It's better than it was. Which I is can vouch for that. Cause a blackberry patch that happened to have a, a couple it, of apples. It was a blackberry grove supported by apple trunks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, I, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, and, maybe and so we need it's, to... it's looking better than that. But it's still... It just really hasn't had much attention paid to it. We did get... A decent, you know, as many apples as we could deal with, mm-hmm. and we made really lovely apple cider mm-hmm. um, because I don't mind if there's a couple worms in my apple cider. You know, there's no yeah. worms in our apple cider, just worm juice. <laughs> and <laughs> this and apple cider has a high protein. Exactly, count. this apple yeah. cider is extra good for you. Um, but yeah, that the apple orchard has just been, and then this spring I think Elliot uh, grazed the cattle through there. Okay. And our plan had been to move the hogs through the orchard to do orchard cleanup and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but they never got moved. This was with the previous set of farmers, and the oh. moving never happened. Okay, so the previous set, of, so I, I'm, I want to finish up with something I was starting down yeah, there, and that is that I want to be able to say that um, I like, rather than saying farming, I'm kind of having, a, I'm kind of struggling with the word farming mm-hmm. these days, mm-hmm. and and I kind of feel like, because I feel like the ultimate goal is basically girding it. Girding, yes. And, and it's kind of like, okay, so what is this? This is, and I kind of, because when you... Like, let's say you have a half an acre uh-huh. or even an acre, and um, is what you're doing, is it farming or gardening? You'd call it gardening. If gardening. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Now you move on to 40 acres and all these techniques that you have for gardening. Uh-huh. Uh, how 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 is it? You know, you like if it's just you by right. yourself. It's impossible. It's too much. Like you can't do 40 acres. You can't garden. One person cannot garden 40 acres. That's exactly the answer I'm fishing for. Yes. It's like everything that you knew no longer works because of the scale. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't scale. Right. And and it's like uh, uh, now you got to go about everything in a different way, and and then at the, the, the same time it's like and all roads kind of point to conventional agriculture. Right. There's all this equipment out there, and they're like, well, well you need this, and you need this, and right. And then if you start to mm-hmm. actually grow enough food on your 40 acres all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Who's going to eat all that? And it's like, okay, so suddenly I need to, you know, be selling it. And right. then it's like, well, the commodity markets are glad to pay you, uh, pennies. Uh, yeah, less than what you paid to get it to them, yes. you know, kind of a thing. And and so and a lot of people do that. That's exactly what their whole 
They have a massive farming operation that's basically falls into the space of like they're managing 140 acres for a hobby. Yeah, they have a they the have a job year. in town mm-hmm. to get health insurance and to cover their expenses, and they're farming it because it was their dad's property. Yeah, yeah, because right. it's not really doing it for them. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but it's like they don't. Suddenly, you find out that it's like okay, I could sell it for more, but I don't want to. Right. I don't. I don't want to go to the farmer's market because mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, start packaging everything up at three o'clock in the fucking morning. Right. Three, three o'clock, three FM. AM hasn't rolled around yet. Right, it's currently the FM. Yeah, the FM. Um, and so, and then getting it all put together and ready and driving in and then mm-hmm. selling it to ungrateful fuckers. And, um, and it's then it's not what one person wants to do. And, and and it's like, then, and then at the end of the summer, after working so hard, you're like, that's it. I'm, I'm running all the numbers, the spreadsheet, and it's like, I'm didn't, not even... Didn't, didn't cover the gas to drive into I mean, not, with my vegetables. I mean, fruits. minimum wage would have been nice. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm, this is netting out to about $2, less than $2 an hour. Yeah. Why am I doing this and it's like i and then you know at least it's not at least it's two dollars an hour as opposed to selling it in the commodity market game where it would be like negative 30 cents per hour Mm -hmm. and so um it's kind of like this whole thing sucks and so i kind of feel like no 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 i've got to so anyway what i'm thinking is is that you're saying the farmers that didn't farm I've, right. so you and elliot mm-hmm. have both been saying that the farmers that, and i'm kind and of thinking, like they weren't farmers you don't need farmers what do you why do you keep talking about farming well no 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 <laughs> and, and i kind of feel like there's a lot of people where they they crave the idea of homesteading right um and but i but it's like if you're going to like i kind of wonder what level of farming is it that you're far, you know farming and then of course there's organic versus conventional mm-hmm. and and i i wish to advocate something other than farming and right. so here i am saying what i would do with this property mm-hmm. and i'm thinking like 40 acres so i'm thinking like um uh 4 to uh 10 mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. um and then you're going to feed those people first. Mm-hmm. And then it's through acts of gardening and not farming. Because I think farming is where everything goes weird. It goes into the <laughs> space that, I mean, I love the idea of a symbiotic relationship with a woodland. Right. And yeah. so, um, and I kind of feel like you've got some woodland, yes. which is great. But I also kind of feel like, the first thing I I want to do is get rid of the conifers. Right. And then um, one of the things that Elliot said, here's going to be our zone five. And I'm like, okay, cool. Right, Elliot right. knows what zone five is. Right. And, um, the very and I, back, right? And the very back on the other side of the creek. Yes. Yes. And, I, and my first thought was, is like, I kind of, I kind of like what uh, Alan Booker was saying about have Zone Five. Mm-hmm. Like here's here's a bit of Zone Five here, a bit of Zone Five there, oh, little islands of okay. Zone Five. Islands throughout. of untouched. So it's like he was trying to say, it's like we had, I have some brush piles that I'm intentionally trying to like make enormous, mm-hmm. so that way wildlife will be there. And then, so like mm-hmm. for example, um, every time I go out to, uh, we call it. Study the berm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Wink, wink. No chance. Say no more. Okay. Yeah. Then um, there have been three times this year that I I 
damn near peed on a snake. Ooh. And 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 snakes give me the willies, like no. <laughs> and I know they're an important component and everything. And it's like at the same time, I'm like, I'm yeah. glad this, yeah. <laughs> so then, um, but I'm thinking like, I'm glad the snake is there. It's right? eating the grasshoppers, mm-hmm. which were super dominant a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing like, I haven't seen that many this year. And I think a lot of it is because um, the the snakes. Right. We're getting so, so many these more are like snakes. Garter snakes. Garter snakes. Garter Snakes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, somebody, one of the boots posted a picture of a snake. I think it was a rubber boa um, this year. <clears throat> and we've I've seen some rubber boas around in the okay. past. They're a fairly common snake in the area. All right. So, um, they been rodents, I think. Um, boas? They'll, uh, I think that they will eat some yeah. small rodents. Yeah. I mean, but the, the rubber boas that we've had pictures of and that we've seen haven't been that big. Oh, they're big. not that big. Okay. And so been, they've been pretty small. Um, but anyway, the, the the brush pile. Alan Booker pointed to the brush pile, and he says, that brush pile, I want you to imagine a line drawn around the perimeter of the brush ah. pile. And inside of this, and we're standing inside of zone two, and there's a sudden leap to zone five. A little island of zone five right and there I kinda zone thought, two. That is a fast... I've never thought of zone five that way. I've right. always kind of thought of zone five as like, okay, now you take 10% of your property and yeah. draw a line and like, okay, I'm not going to use that because I need my... Right. And, and I like Alan's mm-hmm. presentation much better. Okay. Because um, I always kind of feel like so many people, they've got like two acres or or even worse, they've, they've got an urban lot. A quarter acre. And, and, uh, and they're going to put aside 10 or 20% of their property to be zone five. And it's like... Yeah, let let it go. Don't don't you're you know because you're gonna be in Portland. You have a tenth of an acre. That's your that's your plot. Is it really? Yeah, a lot of the houses are on a a tenth. I was I made a video here in Portland and and uh, uh, it was Norris Tomlinson Mm -hmm. and um, uh, he had a, a city lot and I think it was a quarter of an acre. Right, but a quarter acre city lot in Portland is an exceptional city lot and you're probably in uh, far southeast or Cully or like, but if you head like towards the center of the city, they're much, much smaller. I drove by a couple of lots on the way to where we are. We're at the Kennedy School. Yes, here we are. Which we are surrounded by art. art. And um, everything here is about the art. It's this is our second time here. Um, anyway, I want to talk about the Kennedy. I think it's cool. They it took is. an old elementary school and converted it into a hotel. It's pretty cool. Yes. But on the way here, I was so happy to see so many uh, lots where uh-huh. the front yard was a garden full of food. Yes. And and it's like go um, Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotta say though that. Um, I've been spoiled by living in Montana, I think, mm. and also I am working hard to make it so that my life is is that I leave um, the property, base camp or the lab, mm-hmm. I, I leave it no more, like, it seems like once a week or once every week or two. Let me say it that way. Yeah. There have been lots of times where it's like, oh, I've gone a whole month without leaving the property. Right. And so I feel good about that. I like that That's like, path. yeah, that's, that's achievement that's unlocked. That's go. the girt path. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's on the road there. And so... Um, uh, but here we got to go do things, and then um, 
Oh wow, I'm shocked by the traffic. There are so because like when I was in my 20s, in my early 20s, right. I lived in Portland for oh, yeah. two years. Portland was a different place. Very different. Everything's yes. very different. And it's like I am shocked. I mean, there have been there were many places where I drove because Portland's supposed to be a funky town, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's like this is a lot of cement. Yeah. This is this is like. And we're do, we're running an experiment in Portland right now about how many apartment buildings can a can a medium sized city support? Because I can't even believe how many hundreds and thousands of new apartment buildings are going in right now. It's okay, new apartments, not thousands of apartment buildings, but hundreds of apartment buildings. So many. They're everywhere. And they're all like a solid, you know, four or five stories tall. And it's just like, who's going to live in these things? I guess we'll be finding out. So many cars. And then the other thing is, and this is, I don't know, a little off topic from permaculture a little bit, but but it's like um, I want to do a shout out for how wonderful it is. Because in Missoula, Uh if there's like two Uh lanes on a road and you signal like I need to move into the left lane. The car that you're signaling oh, to slows way down to let mm-hmm. you in. They even like wave, and then you wave, and then they wave, and mm-hmm. everybody's waving, yeah, and friendly. and um, and it's like, but it's. I guess it must be absolutely universal. I don't think I've ever had an experience in Missoula where I do this signal, and then I wait until they give me the room, and then I'm I I've ne- here. It's not gonna happen here. Oh. I think I think that would have happened here 20 years ago. Um, I didn't live here 20 years ago. Mm. I am an immigrant. I came from Wisconsin, though. Mm. Um, uh, the majority of the Portland immigrants came from California, and I lived in California for six years. So I can tell you that in California, if you're on a multi-lane road and you turn on your signal, that is a sign to the person to speed up to make sure that yeah. you get behind them and not in front this of them. Is, this is my spot. Yeah, don't even don't, think about this it. This is not your spot. No, you're not getting in front Go of me. Go get a spot. Go get your own spot. Something like that, yeah. So it's like... Uh, so you don't so use the turn signal until you are already, like, your wheels are crossing the line. Ugh. And then the turn signal is just the extra icing on the cake, like, yo, dude, take your foot off the accelerator. I'm moving in front of you. So I'm driving. Right. And Jocelyn's got the map thing going. Right. And then she's saying, oh, we're in the wrong lane. you got to get over one. Right. And then so I signal, and then I watch for them to give up. me, their, and they speed up. <laughs> and and it's like, and I'll, I, I'm, I can't seem to get over. And then finally it gets to the point where it's like, it's now or never, and it's like, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, hopefully we don't crash. Right. You know, I don't know what else to do. The first, um, yeah. The first place I lived in California was Los Angeles, so I got a crash course coming from the Midwest, where I lived in Illinois, to, to Los Angeles, where there's, you know, there's freeways that are eight lanes on either side. It's it's like 16 lanes all the way across. And there's this, uh, when I took my parents to The Tonight Show, I had to do this weird left exit thing. And so, like, where I got onto the freeway, and then in, like, two miles, I had to do a left exit. And so I was just like, Mom, Dad, I can't talk to you right now. And it was just (laughs) like, like, you know, looking, check the blind spot, signal, line change. Looking, check the blind spot, signal. And my my parents are just, like, gripping the the sides of the car, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can't talk right now. And, you know, to get over and go. The the roads here are narrow, and people go fast. Yeah. And, And it's like, I don't know how many times it is in the last week I've had to stomp on the brakes because it's like ah, yeah. you know and and uh, yeah. uh, it's uh, it's a different 
it's not. It's like I, you know, I'm I'm missing Montana. Yeah, you're. This is a, a more spoiled. urban. This is a pretty urban experience these days. Yeah. So all right. Um, I uh, the, the orchard thing you get, and the orchard thing is going to be the orchard like, thing will be dealt with. And Apparently, we're going to take out the golden delicious apples first. Boy, he really wants to get rid of that golden delicious apple. But it, the the key is, of course, yeah, ninety percent of them will. We need have to pick to our go. favorite apples, and then the rest of them should go. Yeah, yeah. and and then different species get planted in there, yeah. and then hopefully we're going to get rid of you know a lot of the funky ugly, and then yeah, and that's the quick thing we need to mention too yes. is that. Um, um, we talked about how you have to fight back stuff in order to grow a garden, you know, <coughs> and, and what you're fighting back dominantly right. is blackberries. And it's a Himalayan blackberry. The Himalayan blackberry. We also have the Russian blackberries with the with the more finely cut leaves, but they're both pretty aggressive. Right. right. And then also the, the perennial morning glory. So a, is which is which is field bindweed. No, field bindweed has smaller leaves and gets more elongated. Mm-hmm. The the perennial morning glory has the big heart shaped leaves and the big white. So the big so blossoms. Has big blossoms. I did see some giant. Yeah, so the giant white blossoms is one and then the when I when I think of field bindweed I think of the one where the, yeah, they're the little flowers blossoms. are like an inch across. Yeah. We got inch, multiples. Maybe we got so many perennial weeds because we don't have severe winters. So we okay. got we got perennial weeds. Yeah. And Doug furs. Oh yeah, and the, the Doug furs are basically, and I'm kind of, and I was trying to suggest, you need to be, because um, the first thing that that when I started saying like you got to get all these conifers out of here, mm-hmm. they're they're basically the bane of your permaculture existence. Right. And then he's kind of like everywhere. Well, yeah, they're a weed. Yeah. You know, but they're a native weed. Yeah, they're a native um, weed. And and it's like, but they're they're going to desertify wherever they grow. Right. I mean, how how about this? They're very let me, selfish trees. Let me let me ask you this. Okay. How often do you see a bunch of like if you see a, a patch that's gone wild? Like mm-hmm. it's been left alone for a long time. How often do you see a bunch of blackberries growing underneath a bunch of Douglas fir? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> like so what you're saying yeah. is never. You're, huh? You use the word yeah, like oh wow, that's profound. Like I've never, I. But you're right. You've never seen blackberries growing, and now you're oh s- under Douglas fir. Under Douglas fir. Because it's too shady. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. Are they are they allopathic? They are. Oh. Yeah. And so um, I knew they were very selfish. I didn't know they were allopathic. So allelopathic. Allelopathic. Yeah. And so um, I don't know precisely what their allelopathy is. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, in a moment we should talk about hawkweed, because boy, do you have hawkweed, and that's also allelopathic. And so. Um, uh, Whatever right. you get hawkweed open. is the one that it the the it looks like dandelion puffballs, but they're more orange flowers and they have the right the rosette rosette of leaves. So a, a dandelion it looks in fact a lot of people point at it and call it a dandelion. But the the stems are solid. Yeah. And skinnier and taller. Yes. And yeah, we have a ton. That's hawkweed. that's hawkweed. Hawkweed. Okay, and, got it. And it's clearly creating a monocrop. It's all over pasture too, I think. Yeah, and yeah. so I saw a lot of it in oh, like every Queen's pasture. Queen Ansley's too. There was some of that too. Yeah. I saw that. Um, and the anyway, and and clearly you, you guys are on top of it. You're mowing. Right. We're mowing after that. So we're grazing the cattle. It's a small herd of small cattle. 
cows. Mm-hmm. They're adorable. Are they not adorable? Oh, they're, they're very friendly. They're they also cutest. have flies. They have fly problems because we don't have um, poultry following the cows. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so after the cows go through a piece of pasture, I mean, I'm not. we're not doing any kind of serious... Uh, rotational grazing because we don't live on the property and so we're not there like every day you know because ideally was, i would, saw some of it you but guys definitely were, we're moving them yeah we're yeah. moving them but you know they're not it's not like on a daily basis or a twice daily basis right. but after they go through a piece of pasture we are mowing after them to try to help improve the pasture okay because whatever right. they don't eat we don't want it to be happy we want it to be mowed well, if all you do mowing is, put, is going to make the grasses happier. happy well, and, the, the, thing, yeah, and so. the things you don't want is going to make them sad. Yes. So it is going to frustrate the hawkweed and the Queen Anne's lace. Yes. Hopefully. And so, um, and the the important thing is, is that um, I think you want to make sure mm-hmm. to move the animals before they are resorting to eating either of those two. Oh, okay, because those are not good forages. I'm going to say, yeah, they're not. We're definitely not keeping them someplace till things look bare, right. because these are pretty spoiled cattle, and they let you know when they feel like there's nothing good to eat. You know, uh, you recommended a movie to me. We were doing a staff meeting, and mm-hmm. you have attended most of the Permies.com staff, staff meetings, meetings. Yes. And, and you said, oh, I just saw this magnificent movie. you got to go see it. Yeah. So me and Jocelyn and Fred all went, and we watched that movie like like a couple of days later. Uh-huh. Um, what's it called? It's called The Biggest Little Farm. And so I thought it was a a wonderful movie, and they mm-hmm. talked about permaculture stuff, but they did they, they never, never use the word permaculture exactly. They never even use the word biodynamic, although that's what they were doing. And the I word biodynamic appeared on a truck. Okay. Um, but they, they they just called it um, traditional farming. I think is what yeah, they called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all keyworded. Um, and it was beautiful. And and um, the thing, and I kind of thought, wow, they've been there for seven years, so one year longer than we've been at our place. Uh-huh. But there's one major difference, massive difference, that caught my attention immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of the problems they were facing, I'm yelling at the screen, but of course they never listen they to me. They never listen to you. But I'm sure the other people in the theater appreciated me yelling. They think I didn't yell at the screen <laughs> in the theater. But but it's like, uh, um, uh, but I would whisper it to, right. to Fred and Jocelyn. Right, right, right. But um, um, my analysis was, uh-huh. I'm doing the math in my head. You're looking at what they have, right? And my analysis was twenty million dollars. That could be true. And I'm not, and that not ten million, not ten million, not thirty million. <laughs> I mean, like I'm gonna, I would, if there's an office pool, and guess so how lay much your is bet that? Down, like I'm gonna twenty the million capital that was I'm invested twenty million. In that. Yes. And it's like I would be surprised if it was fifteen. I would be surprised if it was twenty-five. I think it, it looked to me like I'm adding it up. It's twenty it was, million. It's just amazing, and they and they and never I, I, really refer to the fact that like they've got some amazing angel donor who is like supporting their every whim. Let's come back to the angel donor in a moment okay, okay. because we have some speculation yes, on that. But I first I want to check in with you. Mm-hmm. I'm saying twenty million. What's I think, your number? I think I. Oh. 
I, I'm not good at money. I'm so not I don't even think money. we even saw all there was to see. I And I can't help but think that they've got to have, like, there's 30 people that are probably working there, but on top of the 30 people that are working there, they're hiring in Oh, they have all kinds of people, and stuff. they're bringing in people. They're only an hour from Los Angeles, so they've got people coming from Los Angeles to do things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, my husband and I found the property on, like, satellite, you know, yeah. and looked at it, and, yeah, they've got, like, like they've got an entire building that looks like intern habitat, and and then off at the bottom of the property, there's rich person habitat with uh, fancy houses with swimming pools, and yeah, it's and a, movie they got stars. Thing, probably some movie Jed stars, Clampett. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but somebody, but there was a there was a name that Elliot tossed yeah, out, and, so, it's like, and then here yeah. it is, four minutes away. Elliot's theory is that their big angel dozer, uh, donor is Oprah Winfrey because before this feature film came out. They were making lots of short films. It's a couple, and the husband is a professional wildlife photographer. Like, that's what he does is Mm -hmm. he goes out into the wilderness and and gets footage of of wildlife. And so they'd been making short films about beautiful things on their farm, and, and those had been on Oprah Winfrey's network. So they were providing content to Oprah's network, and she lives not far from there. She okay. lives north out of Los Angeles, closer to the ocean, of course. And uh, so we're like, yeah, maybe Oprah's the person. All right, so now um, I'm Bob Barker, Okay. and uh, the number is $20 million, and are you going to go with higher or lower? Um... I think I'd go. I think I'd go lower because. Really. Well, I just I'm I. I mean, I know that they put in a ton of paved roads and they built buildings. Yeah, and those buildings were not cheap buildings. I guess. I, I see. I just don't have a feel for that kind of stuff. I I, I have no idea what it costs to build a. So a I would, building. if you were to say twenty million, I would say twenty million and one dollars. Okay. You know. Um, uh, see, I'll, see, but if it's like the closer you can get without going over, then then I. I'd probably say 10 million, and then if it's 19 million, I say, still win. Yeah, you could say zero, you know, but all right. Yeah. I, um, yeah, so all right. Anyway, they it had a ton like of money. They had it like, sounds like we're pretty capital. Close. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, because the way the story started is like, oh, here we are, we're living in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and our dog barks too much, so we need to get out of the apartment. So we're paying 1500 bucks a month, so we need something that's about maybe 1700 a month. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not. That is definitely not what happened. But they're kind of leaving you. That like we got okay, together. Okay, as the urban dweller, they're not paying fifteen hundred dollars a month, Paul. Oh, uh, what, what city Angeles. were they? Oh, they were Los in Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. They well, were in Los Angeles one and they were close apartment. to the ocean. So they were paying thousands okay, so, for that little apartment. All right, all right, thousands all right. a month. Okay. How many thousands? Twenty five hundred a month? For a one-bedroom apartment. For a one-bedroom apartment. It was a. It looked I like know, a. I know, but they could walk to the beach, so it could. It could be. It could be more than that. All right, all right, all right, all right. So twenty five hundred dollars a month, three thousand dollars a month, three thousand. Something, three thousand. And then, and then they go to a farm, and it's, and you're thinking like, oh well, now they're paying, you know, three. And then, but they've got to still do their they jobs, and there's like, With yeah, how they bought it. And they they had a bit where it's like, and we've had some friends over, and they helped give us some money to help us make. Oh this. right, we had a party, and we collected donations, and then yeah. yay. Yeah, we got a hundred dollars from this guy. We got four hundred dollars from that person. Eighteen million dollars from uh, this person. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think. But I still recommend watching the movie because nineteen point nine million from that person. And like I'm sure this movie must be turning up on Netflix or Hulu or, or I don't know wherever these things turn up because I do recommend to the pod people to to watch the movie because it's a beautiful movie, you know. And they take, it is. They take a sad piece of property and they and, and there's eventually lessons. and there's lessons, yeah, and there's yeah. lessons definitely about like oh and this pest and then how they figured out how to deal with that pest and oh and the predators are a problem and then they figured out oh well actually yeah so it's definitely worth watching the movie um they've taken great liberties with the story in creating a story like a palatable story right. for the movie watching publics and so they left out the massive influences of capital and they left out the word permaculture and the word biodynamic and you know and they just uh, they simplified it but it's still worth watching it's still a lovely lovely movie but anyway yes we have a property we do not have 20 million dollars we bought the property and then that was you know, most of the I, money right there. I'm going to guess that everybody listening to this podcast is not about to drop $20 million on their no. property. And at the same time... People with $20 million have other people to listen to podcasts for them. <laughs> Which did kind of seem like um, in in that movie, they're like, okay, so there was this guy, was his name Alan? And oh, yeah, yeah, the biodynamic guru. But he, what they wouldn't say they what he was. They never said what he was, but I looked him up, and he's a biodynamic. He's a biodynamic guy. He's a biodynamic guru. He advises uh, vineyards on how yeah. to go biodynamic. Okay. And so he kept giving them advice, and then eventually he died. Um, yeah. But his advice was, like, you need more diversity. And then once you think you have, once you've gotten to more diversity, well, you need more diversity more than diversity. that. And then repeat that forever. <laughs> and, it's true. And, and it's like, and then I was kind of looking at their orchard mm-hmm. and it's like well this is a stone orchard so everything here has and it's like uh, it's not that diverse uh, yeah, it's not, yeah you don't have enough diversity there i need you to go and cut out 90 percent of those trees <laughs> that they and just so, bought this beautiful like they cost 40 dollars each and it and it looked like trees. what they were doing was like okay what if what if we wanted to call it a farm but we hired landscapers <laughs> That's kind of what it looked like. Well, but, you know, they did. Oh, but that, you know, it's not permaculture what they were doing. But, like, so, it's so beautiful with everything arranged on contour. You know, like, all that stuff was sure. on contour. And it, it's so beautiful when things It looked like a mosaic. Yeah, it did. It, it was did. a mosaic. From, it was from the helicopter view, which yeah, hardly which anybody ever does. The drone view, yes. For, for, the, for the millionaires who are flying by in the helicopter. It like, just looks that, gorgeous from above. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And and, um, but when you're standing down there, you know, yeah, yeah it looks, you know, I want to, I want to advocate something different. Right. So I think that's why they had a plague of snails, right? Because they had all those stone fruits all in proximity to each other. And then they got a plague of snails. They, they had plagues. Yes. They had yeah. one plague after another. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they did kind of solve those yeah. in a variety of different ways. <laughs> and that's that's that another didn't podcast. That chemicals, which is why it's worth watching the movie. Okay. Yes. Anyway, but that's another podcast. Yeah, there was a lot of great things in the movie, and yes. I love how they are like they're embracing. Oh no, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think most other shows are going to be like, here's what we do to because we're so brilliant right. and good. Here's how and we kill all these and here's how we do our snail control. Right. You know, whereas I I I appreciate. I am so glad that they took a path where they're kind of like. Here's um, 
here's a problem that we had and oh no and the sadness I'm thinking like oh I'm so glad that they're being that flavor of honest right um, <clears throat> whereas I think most people are gonna most shows most whatever it's kind of like well, yeah we're making a movie it's going to be one long advertisement about how fucking awesome we are right and it's like instead um yeah i i appreciate right. their frankness I mean, they were they were leaving out like we're doing this with amazing uh you know amazing sacks of money but they did include a lot of the a lot of the setbacks this was a setback this was a major setback and then, right the, but then this is how we figured it out Right. And it didn't involve, you know, spraying chemicals or even, you know, organic. I'm sure there are organic, Omri approved organic ways to attack snails, but they didn't go for that. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, so they were going beyond organic, which is great. Okay, but anyway, moving on back to our property, which has a sad, sad orchard. And we've talked about that. Yep, yep. And uh, we talked about how you've got an infestation of conifers. Yes, many conifers. And and it's kind of like um, I think I think that the the big thing that I want to do is I want to suggest that um, and you're and you're already talking about this. And in fact, uh, one of the things that Elliot said was the thing about putting the house next to the road. And I said, why do you hate those people so much? Right. Um, and so then like yeah, put stuff further away from the road. Yes. And um, and I kind of feel like okay, 40 acres, maybe five uh-huh. different places for people to live. Yeah, this is when you get back into the law. The oh, whole yeah. thing that puts you in jail for building a pond and, and, okay. would also put you in jail for having five families on that property. Right. However, um, there are. I mean, first of all, he spent a lot of time talking about what you are allowed to do, and it mm-hmm. says you're you are allowed to have a campground. You're allowed to have a campground. That and is a thing that Clackamas County thinks is cool. Uh, they don't think that farm stay Airbnb is cool, which is sad. Huh? Yeah, you can't do that. They don't have any. If you're a vineyard, they have a lot of things. If you're a vineyard, you can have a like a a bed and breakfast. If you're a vineyard. You can have on-site dining if you're a vineyard. But technically, our property is agricultural. It's a farm. It's not a vineyard. And so we don't get to... We don't have the same rules. How about how about if we talk about uh, what I want? Yeah, let's talk about what you want. Screw you. So four to five Screw families. the government. In a perfect world and then the Department of Making You Sad stays far away because we built a giant berm. And then... And then once we have what I want, and and then we can, you know, explore the idea of and then we'll break for lunch. What what might be between, you know, between what I want and um, uh, breaking the law or not, or um, who do you have to kill to be able to do this, or okay. you know, whatever. Right. That's a whole other conversation. Okay. So forty acres for five an, families. But I'm I'm going to pretend for a moment that I'm the artist. Mm-hmm. And this is my canvas. Okay. And so I want to paint a picture. So I'm kind of thinking like 40 acres. I love the idea. So I'm thinking like, okay, I want a bunch of people to be girt in it. I want mm-hmm. gardeners. Mm-hmm. I don't want farming. Right. Um, so I'm going to say um, 
uh, I want three to six acres per person, mm-hmm. or not per person, per family per unit, family per unit. home. Right. And so if it was five, that would be eight. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, I want to start with five, the idea of five, and then I'll grow later. Right. So I want to have five homes. And so currently you have uh, a double wide. Double wide. Becoming, becoming inhabitable. And and eventually you're probably going to, that's that's going to um, go away. Because yeah, it doesn't have a long life. It's not going to make it more than like another, maybe another 10 years. There's another house on there, but of course, one of the things that houses, like especially stick-built homes, have a problem with, with Western Oregon, is that everything rots. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a house that's more than 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And if it was like um, somebody willing to put $100,000 into it, you might be able to get it into a condition so you can get another 50 years out of it. Yeah. But then if you're going to put $100,000 into it, there are a lot of other things you would probably want to do instead. Yeah, it's just not that nice of a house. Like and It doesn't have like beautiful hand-carved anything. You know, like, it's a, it was a cheap house $100, 100 years ago. Okay. And and it's very close to the road. Yes, very close to the road. Which, when it was built, was probably very close to the... Dirt path. Dirt path, yeah. yeah. And it was fine. And you could see the people going by and wave to them. Right. And now it's that's not what's going by. Uh, somebody on the road who could wave to you would get hit. <laughs> and Don't get, stand on that you'd, road. You'd get to observe a, <clears throat> a horrible thing. Man, now who's wanting to sell me stuff now? Ugh, go away. Get that wilderness on your phone. <clears throat> it's uh, it's a it's a an Amazon frog. Oh, cool. Like, I'm I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but before there was Amazon, there was Amazon. There was actually a place. Yeah, yeah. the Amazon you River. There's a river, the and it's 25 miles across. That I did not. It's know. That is so a big huge. River. So apparently, there's, my mom went there. There's at least one frog there. There's a lot of frogs. That frog had something to say, and somebody okay. recorded it. And I think the frog is, I think the message, mm-hmm. if you took that sound you just heard and you ran it through a translator. The frog translator? Yeah, I think the frog is saying, I'm horny. I'm that, so horny. That is probably what <laughs> the frog was saying. That's probably what the frog yes, was saying. I agree. Yeah. And so. Um, All right, so anyway, 100 year old house, too close to the road. So let's built like, when they let's, were Built when it was horse and buggies. So let's ignore that house. Let's yeah. pretend it's going it's to... It's basically yard art right now. It's kind yeah, of a giant no. lawn decoration. It's really cute. Um, but when they, when they put the property up for sale, I think they painted it red because it's, it's recently painted red. It's a cute okay. little It's a cute little house from the outside. It's a nightmare on the inside. Okay. So part of me thinks like it could be fun for children to play in, except that it, that <clears> might be dangerous. Yeah, you don't you want no. It would okay. be dangerous. But it is a place where like um it is dry inside. It could be used for storage. And then it is a place where you could set up a uh, a farm stand if you had like a, a non what is that oh. what is it, you know, like a honor system. An honor system thing. An honor system farm stand. Would you you would have to like uh 
in order for a, for a farm stand like that to work, I think you'd have to create like a deceleration lane off of that road. <laughs> Only very brave or else people. You would create a lot of accidents right there as people are. You were there at the worst possible time. I just have to say that. It's not okay. constant. That was just, that was the people going home. That was the people who, right. like, they work in Oregon City or they work in Portland and they live. I don't know, down further out. And so they're just men on a mission heading home in a hurry. And then and Most then Elliot of the time, was saying the like, traffic oh, is not that intense. He was saying I can't stand uh, the trucks with their Jake brakes. Oh. And I'm kind of thinking like, wow, I, I don't even remember that happening. You got that too? Okay. So what are they breaking for? Yeah, I don't know what they're breaking yeah, yeah. for. And so um but anyway, you're right. If we were going to have a farm stand, there would have to be a, a, a safer way to exit the freeway. Or yeah. people could only come in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's, okay, there's the potential of that. Right. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that. That is not bad. Okay. Not bad. Okay. Uh, I could see that that, yeah, would, could be, you know, some storage and some, but all right. I, what I'm trying to get to is, is that... You've got a double wide. Its lifespan is limited. You have that house where we ate at. Yes. Built in the, like, 1950s, I think. 50s, 60s, maybe. Okay. 1960s. Are there any other houses there now that no, I No, that's it. That's it. That's okay. It. So I'm kind of thinking, like, let's start with five houses, mm-hmm. and I'm going to count only one that you have. Right. And so I would want and I would I think I would start with where you've got the nineteen sixties house right. now. I'm gonna call it the pizza oven house. Okay, cool. The rocket oven house. The rocket oven house. So the rocket oven house and then um, the other four would be built further, further back. back. Further back, yeah. And um, with each because the thing is is that like with the rocket oven house mm-hmm. there's a uh, a zone one and a zone two around that so whoever's living there you've got certain spaces for gardening and and things like there's there's a lot of activity right there and yeah. so what i want is i want to make more zone one and zone two spaces right and so i'm kind of thinking like you know get some more garden spaces and properties kind of going back there um and here you are you're, you're trying to look up a picture or something don't do that i'm sorry stop looking at that i got curious like how far back on our property is the the rocket oven house and i'm right it's a it's it's about a quarter to a third of the way back. So, yeah. So, three quarters to two thirds of the property is beyond the rocket oven house. Now, I kind of think that a lot of people with animals <clears throat> are going to want to use the entire 40 acres to move the animals around. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at the same time, you know, so everybody's gardens will get some attention mm-hmm. from the animals, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's just for a couple of hours once in a while. And then you'll do a rotational kind of a thing. Um, but the key is, is that the focus is going to be on on zone one, zone two, maybe some zone three gardening, mm-hmm. and and then that's going to provide at least enough food to feed that family right there. Mm-hmm. And then in time, as gardens do, they start to produce more than the family can eat. Mm-hmm. And now you've got your sellable material. Oh, right. 
if that's what you want to do. But then, of course, instead of like thinking like Joel Salatin, like I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell, uh, I'm going to I'm going to raise 1,500 chickens or you know 3,000 birds or I'm going to raise 40 hogs this year or whatever, and then I'm going to go and buy the feed, which may or may not be organic, and then I'm going to sell the birds <coughs> for right. roughly 30% more than what I paid for feed. Mm-hmm. Rather than that, everything is based upon like zero inputs. Right. I'm not bringing feed in. Right. I'm everything. The land I'm doing, is supporting everything. Yes. Yes. And it's like, therefore, should I sell anything? You mm-hmm. know, I get 100% of the profit. Right. And then, uh, so anyway, there's there's a that's my general strategy mm-hmm. for for the property. And and granted, there's all kinds of flaws with this plan. That's all right. We're just we're just spitballing here. There you go. All right, let's so let's come back to hawkweed. Hawkweed. Now, um, most of the people I know that have hawkweed, they go out and they spray it multiple times a year. They yeah. are uh, exactly. We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. Never. No. Never. No. However, we're going to embrace hawkweed is not, a problem. Not a, not it's, a, it's not a plus. It's a prolific. Nobody loves it. Breeder. I mean, it, it produces a puffball much like a dandelion. Right. And um, it's like, now I'm going to spread seeds everywhere. That's and, what they do. And so it's like, but we we can't have it. It's like dandelion, but it's even flatter. Like, it's, I think it's even less amenable right. to mowing. Those leaves are just... They're right next to the ground. Yeah, right next to the ground. Right next to the ground. And so I kind of wonder if you got some good tall pasture going, how it would do. Shading it out is probably your best strategy. I I think so. But the thing is, is since it is allelopathic, and there was somebody who was doing uh, research in eastern Washington, and I exchanged a bunch of emails. I think I think our, a lot of our conversation actually happened on permies. Mm. And this person was getting their funding yanked, and, but their, their entire job was the study of the allelopathy of the hawkweed. Oh. And so we had a, a lot of fascinating conversation. I think it was in a thread on permies about it. And, um, so I should search for the word hawkweed on permies and see what I find. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think what the conclusion was, not a lot. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> like she was kind of like on the edge of figuring it out when her funding got yanked. Um. And so um, the bottom line is is that it is allelopathic, but we're not sure what the allelopathy is. So it might be that there is something uh, that is exuded from the plant that is dropped onto the ground. Uh-huh. It could be something exuded from the roots. It, right. I mean, it, there's lots of different possible things. And yeah. it's like, so how do you begin to mitigate this yeah. and control it? Oh, boy. And it's like, uh, and I kind of feel like, because, uh, you know, when, when looking up at your property, and I don't know of any other use for it. I don't know if it's edible. I don't know, like, I don't even know what the toxicity to animals is. Um, yeah. Or is there, like, a bug that loves to eat it? There's right. so much I don't know about this plant. It would be but great. But you were just like, dang, you got a lot of hot weed here. Yeah, because we do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the steps is, like, we got to figure out what it is. And I and I know that uh, that hawkweed will take over mm-hmm. and and try to make a monocrop. And so, you you know, it's not a, a permaculture player. And so we've got to, and I think in that thread, because I think what I did was I went over to Mike Ayler's place, and one of the reasons why I started the thread is, is Mike Ayler had some hawkweed, and I observed that, like, under these conifers, that there wasn't any, oh, you know? Okay. And it's like, I think that the conifers had killed it. And then Mike pointed out, oh, no, I sprayed it. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. You know, and it, and I was kind of like, like Mike, really? So like, I think there's a bunch of us. We're all heading over to Mike's, and we're all in this van, and we're all, uh-huh. and so we're reading Mike's book out loud oh, okay. to each other. Sure. Well, yeah. And there's all this stuff about how you know, organic only. Anybody who doesn't do organic should be shot. It was like you know, organic, organic, organic. Except for hawkweed. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and it's like so. Mike was clearly one of those people who's like, oh, I'm totally organic, except of course, you know, when I spray. Except when I spray for hot. You know, and, but nobody should is... ever spray. Well, except when you have to. Mm. And it's like, uh, and he was being legally required oh. to spray on his own. You know, obnoxious weed. Yeah. So you know, and it was like, what a mess. Um, so anyway, I came up with, and this was ten years ago. Uh-huh. I came up with. Um, like a long list of things to do to control hawkweed, but I can't remember what it all, what all it was. But um, I know that like when you're in the Seattle area, I bet it's in the same thing in the Portland area, uh-huh. that like most yards that people leave to be dormant in the summer and they turn all you know dormant and brown uh-huh. are just covered in hawkweed. And they're like, oh, those are those dandelions. And it's like, right. no, they're not dandelions. They're, not dandelions. they're, they're hawkweed. Yeah. So, um, but most people don't know the difference. And so it's like, all right. So dandelions are getting a bad rap. But yeah, it's actually hawkweed. Because dandelions are edible. Yes, yes. Not only to you and I, but also to Chicken nearly soul. all critters that you yeah. bring through. They're like, oh, yeah. that's good stuff. I want that first. Right. So, um, but hawkweed's a different story. And now, yeah. in it Wisconsin, is, the hawkweed had orange flowers, so it was pretty yeah. obvious that it was a different weed. Right. But our hawkweed on the farm, it's yellow. Yeah. They're not dandelion flowers. Like, they have a slightly different shape if you look at it, but um, they're yellow. Right. And so, most yeah. people aren't going to discern. Yeah. They, they are, you know, oh, I, I know what a dandelion looks like, and that's triggering that memory. Mm-hmm. And so it all there's like 800 species of flower that are, I'm going to call a dandelion, <laughs> and that's one of them. Yeah. And you can say it's something else, but I don't care. <laughs> it's a weed. It's a dandelion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, and then there's there's different shades mm-hmm. of yellow and orange, like between. Sure, sure. Is that yellow or is that orange? Who cares? Yeah, okay. Spray it. <laughs> anyway, so somewhere there might be some information about getting rid of hawkweed, and I should search for that. I think that that would be good. I think that you need to um, put some focus into... And one of the ways that you get... So, for example, uh, when you've been at my place, and you've been at my place at least twice, I think maybe precisely twice. No, I think it's... Three times, because okay. I mean, I came with the with the kids on the way out, and you had mm-hmm. kind of just gotten there. Yeah. And um, that's when I was still working on listening to all your podcasts. So the the kids were hearing your podcasts and learning mm. interesting words. Mm-hmm. And then it was just wild when we got to the place and they met you in person, because in their minds you were a massive celebrity because they'd been hearing you coming out of the the van speakers mm-hmm. for days. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like, ooh, it's that guy. It's that guy. It's that guy here. He's right who, here. Who taught us all these great, yeah. magnificent, and taught us the taught poetry him, of the English language. Yeah, and then you taught him a cool card game. But um, And then I remember one of your daughters, I think it was Sophie, mm-hmm. was ruining my cards. Like, like she would take a card and as she was just, holding it in her hand, curl it up. she started curling oh. it up. And it's like, <laughs> Stop hey! That. Stop that. <laughs> is this your way of marking the cards? No, it's a nervous, <laughs> nervous habit. But so we came by on the way out, and then I came back for the with Cassie, and it was a staff thing. John oh, and Cassie. Right. Yeah. It was a, a, like a staff gathering. Yeah. And then I came back another time. 
right. um, more recently. So right. About and, the three times. And that's when we recorded a podcast. And we recorded the Gracie's Gracie podcast at that time. Yeah. So, all right. Um, do you, re- you remember the area that we call Arrakis? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> that was a giant knapweed patch. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was solid. Solid knapweed. And knapweed is also allelopathic, allelopathic. and does the same thing. Mm-hmm. It tries to make a monocrop, and it had succeeded in this area. And so um, I think if you go back there, you'd be hard-pressed to find much knapweed. Wow. So how did you do that? With a bulldozer. Okay. Bulldozers, yeah, yeah that's it a thing. It turns out that, you know, you, you uh, confront knapweed with a bulldozer, it folds. It's like, nope. Not so I, tough. I don't have a defense against Not bulldozers. Not so tough when faced with two tons yeah. of metal. Yeah. So, um, I don't know na- if we're going to bulldoze our pasture, though. Well. But we could do something. We could till it. I mean, and that's the pasture. The pasture that's full of knapweed, I think, is the one where hawkweed. Elliot... Hawkweed. thank you. The, ta- the pasture that's full of hawkweed, I think, is the one where Elliot wants to um, establish more silvopasture. Okay. And so with, like, oak trees and... You know, deciduous spreading trees so that there are strips of pasture and rows of trees. And and the mantra I want to push upon uh-huh. Elliot, because I'm pretending I'm there right, right. and I'm doing and this. it's your thing. Is do your earthworks first. Yes. Because otherwise you're like, I planted this lovely tree. And now I can't, right. And, and now I can't it. do earthworks because I don't want to mess up my tree. So... <clears throat> So your so, pig wallows and your berm uh, and your berms first comes so the, berms, yes. the thing is is like that berm is going to be done with an with an excavator right. you're, you're going to rent a huge excavator oh, for a where week. Where does the soil come from? Right there. So you could and so it's so this is sloped land by the way which is wonderful. Is There's slope very is good. little flat land. On slope is great. Yes. Slope is magnificent. Yes. Unfortunately, all these pastures are made very flat, which is convenient for tractors. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, but when you have a garden, how many tractors do you generally run in your garden? None, okay, now the pod people oh, yeah, cannot sorry. hear you shake your head. No tractors, None, no zero. tractors for the garden. Okay. Yes. So it's like, let's, you know, screw the tractors, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want you to add lots of texture to the landscape. Okay. Now, let's pretend, so there's a, so next to the road, right next to the road, really close to the road. We want to give a buffer because the the, the county road, uh-huh. the, the county is going to be like, okay, you own up to the middle of the road. And we say that because we demand you to pay taxes on that. But okay. everything from the middle of the road to possibly 60 feet out is um, is ours. Right. But you get to pay taxes on it, but we tell you what you do with but it. But you can't. Yeah. You could, you know, yeah. It's not really yours. You don't control it. So We can widen the road if we want. We can widen it. We, If you cut a tree down, we're going to be upset and fine you for that. Mm-hmm. If you plant a tree, we're going to be upset and fine you for that. If you do anything, we'll be upset because we've got the department of being upset. Mm-hmm. It's next door to the department of making you sad. Oh, okay. And, and it's like, and then there's the department of fines, and then there's, you know, I'm sure there's a few others. Uh, the Department of Love, I read about it in a documentary called 1984. But, um, all right. 
the key is is that I think that the outer edge of your berm should be right at the edge of where the county might have thoughts about berms. Control. Okay. And so, um, but I'm kind of thinking that what you're going to do is you're going to build it up 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And it's going to end up being wider than 15 feet, even though, well, you want to make the angle of repose steeper than 45 degrees, but you also want to have pads on it. Because if it's 15 feet tall, you don't want to stand at the bottom of something 15 feet tall and say, look at all the growies up there. I wish I could get up there and harvest that. So you need to make some paths on the sides, which is going to make the whole thing much wider. Oh, I get it. Okay. Now, SEP says Mm -hmm. that those paths should be, like, eight feet wide. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. That's really something. Uh, Now, his reasoning for that is is that there's going to be stuff that's going to grow. Like, if you're on, like, let's say there's a path halfway up and it's eight feet wide. Thus making, because you've got another path eight feet wide on the other side of the berm. Uh And now you've got the whole width of the berm plus 16 feet wide. So it's, like, 32 feet wide or... Thirty-one or something. Now we got. Hey, Froggy. See, make you believe me now about how much they call me they in a day you. They love to you. to sell me their shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, the the thing is, is that um, now let's um, let's suppose that you're standing on that eight foot wide path. Uh-huh. Only here's an interesting thing. Uh, you're, it's kind of like there's a there's a hula culture there that's eight feet tall, mm-hmm. sort of, kind of, a yeah. little bit, not yeah. really, but let's say. Okay. And and then there's a path on the other side that's mm-hmm. at the same height, so it's like this. There's this hula culture that's eight feet tall, and the stuff at the top of the hula culture is kind of dry, but the stuff at the bottom of the hula culture is actually getting a lot more moisture. Mm-hmm. And so now the stuff at the bottom of that. There's some shrubs and stuff that got started there ages ago, and it's 10 years have passed. Okay. And that shrub got big and happy and beautiful, and you love it. It's your favorite shrub. Okay. And it's going to block the path if your path isn't 8 feet wide. And so now how much path is left? Right. It depends on how big that shrub is. It could be, um, so now you've got 3 feet left, which is difficult to get your wheelbarrow around that shrub. Got it. But you could trim the shrub back, and so maybe instead of 8 feet, you'd only do 6 feet or mm-hmm. something like that. But you kind of get an idea that the path needs to be pretty beefy. Because we're doing permaculture, not it's not like we're going to build this, rebuild this berm every uh-huh. year the way that people till their gardens every year. Yeah. You know, we're going to build it once, and it's going to last 50, 100, 200 years. Right. And so, because this is permaculture, it's mm-hmm. it's a long term thing. Um. So. That's a lot of soil. Yes. Yes. Big excavator. <laughs> Big excavator. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. So um, uh, maybe maybe your paths your paths are only six feet wide, okay. but SEP recommends eight. Eight feet. Right. It's it's your decision. Right. Um, and there's lots more to talk about, but okay. Now the next thing is is you're like, where is that? Coming? 
coming from? Yes, that is the question. You don't just materialize it out of thin air. We don't really want Phil from some other part of the world. Oh, yes. Thank you. In fact, you know what's the best stuff you could possibly get would be something that's infested with some kind of weed. Because then you know it hasn't been hosed down. sprayed. (laughs) Sprayed with some sort of persistent herbicide. So if it's just infested with, I don't know, hawkweed, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh... That's the good stuff. Okay. That's this podcast is continued in part three. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.